Hey, 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 it's Pastor Cody here. Hey, welcome to our weekly sermon podcast. You know, we hope here at Bethel that when you listen to this podcast that you encounter God from wherever you are, that you're encouraged, that you're convicted, and that you're lifted up. Hey, don't let the four walls of our church be the only place where you experience God. Hey, enjoy today's word and love God, love others, and live life with passion, y'all. So, hey, let me just say welcome, man. It's so good to be here. I know I, I say this every week, and I told him at 9 o'clock, and I'm going to tell you again at 11 o'clock, like I really look forward to coming hanging out with y'all every Sunday morning. Hey, just, uh, Jesse, I will ride you like a Shetland pony, boy, right here in front of everybody if you jack with me much. No, it's good to be here, man. Exciting. We're in the book of Galatians. Hope you brought your Bible. Hope you brought your phone, your device. We've been talking about how this summer we're just kind of going to go back, kick it old school, open the book of Galatians, read a few scriptures, and see what the Lord would say to us. Um, Today we're going to pick up in Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to start reading in verse number 11. And so you can start looking that up, Galatians chapter 2, start reading in verse number 11, just to remind you that this is a book written by the Apostle Paul to the churches in Galatia, churches that he planted, churches that he organized, churches that he set up so that people could go to church. Now, here's the fact of the matter is this church has strayed away from the gospel. They've strayed away from the teachings of the truth, and Paul is writing this letter. He's writing this letter. He's correcting them. He's rebuking them. He is trying to instruct them back to the way, to the straight and the narrow way. And so we're going to pick up today and see what's going on. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 11. It says this, Paul writing, remember, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him face to face for what he was doing was very wrong. When he first arrived, he hung out with the Gentile and ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some of the friends of James and Peter came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore because he was afraid of criticism from the other Jews. As a result of Peter's hypocrisy, there were other Jewish believers that were led astray. Even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like those Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ and not obeying the law. I'm going to read that again. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ and not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ... And then we're found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, Paul said, I'm a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, the law condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet its requirements so that I might live for God. Paul says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, there was no need for Christ to die. Let's pray. Father, we just ask you to speak to us, to challenge us. Lord, you know who is in this service. You know who is, uh, is listening to this message. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make it real, that you would make it relevant, that you would challenge us, you would encourage us, you would grow us to be better through the spoken word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said. So there's so much that we can learn from this message today, from this text today. And I got to be really honest with you. I've been really excited about this message all week long. There's three things that we're going to talk about, three things we're going to pick out and we're going to unpack and see what the Lord would say to us today. The first thing we're going to learn is a relationship lesson. We're going to learn a lesson in, in, in healthy, God-honoring relationships. Then we're going to learn the danger of hypocrisy and how hypocrisy can damage us, but it can damage other people that are around us as well. And then lastly, we're going to talk about just the power of trusting in Jesus Christ for our salvation in our daily life. The first thing we're going to talk about today is relationships. If you've come to church here very much or very long, you know how I love to preach about relationships because relationships are where it's at. Good, healthy, God-honoring relationships that produce life and joy and peace. Relationships that glorify God. And, and I tell you this a lot. I've been pastoring for almost 23 years. And here's what I see in the church. Usually if we miss it, if we miss it as Christian people, we miss it in the area of relationships. Because we can learn religious duties. We can learn the words to the songs on the screen. We can learn this is where I sit. This is how I raise my hands. We can learn how to pretend like we got it going on. But where we miss it at the end of the day is a relationship with our spouse or a relationship with our very own kids. We don't know how to have relationships in the corporate world with people that are lost. When we miss it, we miss it in the area of relationships. We miss it. We struggle with that. And so the first thing that we can, we're going to talk about today is Paul and Peter. Paul and Peter, they have a disagreement. Paul says, I had to oppose Peter. When Peter showed up, I had to oppose him. I had, an, uh, I had a disagreement with, with Peter. I didn't see things the same way that Peter saw them. So there's this confrontation that has to take place. There's this confrontation that has to take place. And can I tell you something right quick? Every relationship in this room, if we want it to be healthy, we got to understand there's going to be confrontations in every relationship you have. You're going to have confrontations with your, with your spouse. <laughs> she, I ain't always going to see it the way Tubby sees it. Come on, somebody. And Tubby sure ain't always going to see it the way I see it. And my kids are not going to see it the way that I see it. And I'm not going to see it the way that my kids. We're going to have some confrontations and disagreements. And we're going to have to oppose one another. And it's even going to happen in the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. It's just part of relationships. And so many of us, see, when you have these confrontations and when you oppose one another and you don't have the, the, the same ideas about it, it gets uncomfortable around us. And I don't want to say anything for fear of offending them and they might make me mad. And so we walk around in this funny kind of confrontational thing and we don't know what to do. And so we hide all these problems down inside of us or we sweep them under the rug and we think if we leave them, ignore them long enough, they'll finally go away and then we become unhealthy in our own hearts Paul and Peter said we got to talk about some stuff Paul said I'm willing to have this conversation with you 
Can I tell you something right quick? There are some things in our life. So Paul and Peter had this opposing opinion, this opposing idea. And you and I are going to have them in our marriage and in our relationships. And some of the things that we oppose others about and we disagree about, they are so small and so minuscule and so meaningless, we have to learn to swallow our own pride and shut up and pick those battles. Because there's some of you in this place, can I be real with you? There's some of you in this place, you're picking and you're fighting and you're fussing in your marriage and in your relationships and with your siblings and you got all pricked up and your pride's all right up and the thing that has come between you and all is nothing that should even be discussed in the first place because it's so little and minuscule. But then there's some other areas that we got to go, wait a minute, this is not some little something. This is not something little. This has to be talked about. This, I have to have this uncomfortable conversation to talk about it because the thing that's going on is hindering me and hindering everyone around us. See, wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit. Look at me. Look, 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 look. Wisdom and discernment of the Holy Spirit will tell you right now because I believe it in the name of Jesus that wisdom and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you right now if you need to talk about it or you need to shut up and let it go and swallow your pride or the Holy Spirit will say to you, you need to have some uncomfortable conversations. Talk about it to get the obstacle out of the way. This particular issue, Paul says, this is something we got to talk about. It's something that we have to talk about because Peter's behavior is causing other people to fall away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul goes to Peter and talks to him. Now think about this for a moment. Let's just, just think about it. Peter chosen by Jesus Christ. Jesus himself is walking by the seashore, sees Peter, chooses Peter, and he begins to follow Jesus. Peter followed Jesus for three years. Peter walked on water. Peter was with Jesus when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Peter is the one that, 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 that saw all the miracles of God. Peter is the one that preached on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the leader of the first century church. Peter was a high up guy in the church. And then there's Paul, who's been a persecutor of the church. He says himself, I was a sinner of all sinners. I was the worst of the worst. Peter, or Paul, has just been converted to Christianity. He has just started preaching. So how many of you know, that was a little hard for Paul to go talk to Peter, the leader of the church, to confront him. Who am I, Paul? Who am I, this young guy, to talk to this Peter? But, but, but Paul said, I'm willing to do this for the kingdom of God. Of God. I'm willing to do this. Several things. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's where this can help us today. How do you and I deal with the opposition in our relationships? How do we do it in a healthy, biblical, God-honoring way? How do we do that? The first thing that we learn from Paul is this. He goes to Peter and he talks to him face to face. We live in a world nowadays where people are hidden behind screens. Come on, somebody. We live in a world today where when teenagers can't even converse in the same room, but one sits in the couch and one sits in the recliner and they text message one another. We live in a world where adults sit in the same room and text message one another. We live in a world where when the preacher's preaching at church, you're texting your neighbor across the sanctuary. Face to face. Paul said, this is serious 
and I love Peter, and I honor him, and I'm going to have enough courage to go look him in the eye and have this face-to-face. Don't do it via text. Don't do it. Some of us, can I be real with y'all? Some of us are so stupid nowadays that we will confront others on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, and we air our dirty laundry to everybody out there. If you have an issue and the Holy Spirit has convicted you to go and speak someone, have enough courage and personal love for them to go do it face-to-face. And then don't be going around behind their back and telling their friends and don't be going and trying to do this over here. Go talk to them face-to-face. Paul shows us how to do that. The next thing we see is this. Paul speaks in love. Everybody say love. We need to always speak the truth in love. How many of you know we are believers and preachers in truth? In truth. Truth is being attacked in America. They say there is no absolute truth. I say the devil is a liar. The word of God is absolute truth. Truth. We need to hear the truth. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. But if we're telling the truth, sometimes the truth hurts. And you and I have got to remember that when we speak the truth, how we speak the truth and how others will receive the truth really, really matters. Because we have to speak the truth in love. And part of the reason that the world that is living inside untruth, part of the reason that they don't want to listen to us in the church is because we've been speaking truth to them in a hateful, judgmental, arrogant way, looking down on them, acting like we're better than they are. Oh, come on, somebody. Speak the truth when you have an issue, opposition. Speak the truth, but do it in love. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more and more. Speak the truth to them in love. And the next thing you have to do when you go talk to someone is you have to go in the spirit of honor and respect. You have to talk to people. As you're honoring them, talk to people out of respect. Oftentimes when we go talk to somebody and things are not going the way we want to, we have held on to it too long and we've allowed it to build up inside of us and we got this anger and rage and when we go talk to them, we don't go talk to them with the spirit of respect and honor. We go talk to them out of arrogance and a little bit hateful. Can I hear a good amen? And how many know when you talk to people hateful, they'll shut you out right quick? Like, you can ask my family, like, I'm just a big guy on honor and respect. Actually, Paul said in Romans 12, 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Take delight in honoring one another. You can talk to me about anything. You can, you, you, you can say to me, Cody, I don't think you should have did this. Cody, maybe what about this right here, right here? You can talk to me about anything. As long as you come to me with honor and respect as a brother and sister, with honor and respect as a person, but if you come at me with an arrogant, hateful, disrespectful attitude, I ain't going to hear nothing you say. And how many of you know you're exactly the same way? Come on, somebody. We have to remember that. Go talk to them with honor. Man, there's so much. <laughs> Paul goes to Peter, and he goes, Peter, man, I love you, brother, but we got to talk because some things are not going wrong. Like, like Peter, uh, I've been praying about this. Come here, brother, in the spirit of brotherly love, and he, and he talks to him, and he speaks the truth to him, and he honors him. Peter, you're, you, you've been the pastor for years, but I just got to talk to you. And so Paul goes at it well, but, but let's talk about how Peter received it. Peter, water walking Peter. Peter had a humble heart and he received helpful criticism from other people. 
And Peter, we're going to see, grew because Paul had the courage to speak to him. Some of us, we don't have a really, really humble heart, and we don't want to hear any criticism, even if it is helpful criticism. And people are not going to talk to us, and we're going to hit the ceiling, and we're not going to grow because we're so prideful and arrogant, and we won't allow others to hold us accountable and speak instructive criticism into our life. Dear God, I am preaching the paint off the walls today. <laughs> Paul went with humility. But Peter also understood, I'm not perfect, and I don't have it all figured out. And as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. They came together. And here's the deal. Be careful when you're opposing others, when you have disagreements, when things don't go your way, when your wife is on your last nerve and she's totally driving you crazy and you've got to say something to her. Or when your husband is just being an idiot and you just got, you just had enough, you can't take anymore. Make sure you honor them, respect them, speak the truth in love. Make sure you do it face-to-face, -face, and make sure you guard this little thing. Make sure you guard you, because how many of you <laughs> have got into an argument with your family or your friends or somebody in the church, and when it was all said and done, you said, I wish I wouldn't have said what I said. Or you say this, I didn't mean what I said. And I'm just going to tell you something, if you said it, you meant it, and I'm fixing to prove it to you through Scripture. That old deal of I didn't mean it, that's a bunch of bull corn, what that is, just saying. Because the Bible says, Jesus' words in Luke 6, 45, says a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of their, their heart, for what flows from your mouth is what is in your heart. Make sure you keep your heart right because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Our hearts can be wicked. Actually, the Bible says our hearts are wicked. And so we have to keep our heart in check, guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And when opposition or disagreement comes, boom, hit the pause button, stop, ask the Holy Spirit for some help, get your heart right, and then go in love and humility and honor. I wonder how many of us would have better relationships if we would take that advice today. Just saying, I wonder how much better off we would be if we would allow others to hold us accountable. i got to go on. Number one, relationships and confrontation. The second thing we'll talk about today is this, understanding the danger of hypocrisy. Understanding the danger of hypocrisy. And we get this rap in the church of, oh, they're hypocrites. No, oh, they're hypocrites. We get this bad rap. Oh, the church, they're full of hypocrites. It really ain't a bad rap, but really it's kind of truthful sometimes. Really, it is. And this is where we're going to get kind of down to some old nitty-gritty, down to some old nut-cut and talk about some real deal stuff today. Because Mark 7, 6, Jesus said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus talked about it. So Paul goes and he opposes Peter. Why does he? Because Peter was talking a good talk, but he was living another way. <laughs> Peter was talking a good talk, 
But he was living a different way. See, back in the day, there were Jews and there were Gentiles. And you got to remember this. The Jews were God's chosen people. Peter was a Jew. Jesus was the king of the Jews. And then there was these Gentiles, these sinners, these unclean, these unworthy people. But how many of you know, when Jesus died on the cross and we were covered in the blood, no longer is there male, no longer is there female, no longer is there Jew, no longer is there Gentile. We can all come together and be children of God, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Red, yellow, black, or white, it don't matter. We're covered by the blood, and we're all family. So Peter accepts these Gentiles, the ones that were considered to be unclean. He's eating with them. He's hanging out with them. But then some of the old-timey Jewish heads, the old-timey Jewish leaders show up on the scene, and Peter gives in to peer pressure. Peter's like, oh, those are some people that I revere. Oh, that's the old Jewish religion. And Peter allows these people to influence him to change the way that he is living. How many remember when you were in school and they taught you not to give in to peer pressure? Just say no to drugs. That's what it was when I was in high school. Peer pressure. Can I tell you something? We got to teach our children not to give in to peer pressure. But let me tell you something else. Peer pressure is not just for elementary kids, junior high kids, and high school kids. Peer pressure is a struggle for you and I as well. Because we want everybody to like us and we want everybody to fit in. And we get affected by other people that we're around. Can I hear a good amen? Peter became double-minded. Peter became double-tongued. Ho, ho. Peter was singing God's praise with his tongue on Sunday, and then Peter was cussing somebody else on Tuesday. Can I get a witness? Peter became double-minded. He, he, he became double-hearted, Gentile, Jew, grace, the law. He was in this middle. He didn't know. And, and I'm going to tell you, his heart became divided. And here's the deal. When our hearts become divided, when our minds become double-tongued, when, when we get double-minded, it is a red flag, and it's a dangerous place for you and I to be. The enemy will destroy us there. It causes us to be unstable. John 1.8, I'm James 1.8, excuse me, James 1.8 says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Peter, who was stable, Peter, the rock, made one decision to live in hypocrisy, and all of a sudden, instability hit his life. You ever been there, instability? Revelation 3, we get over in that old, deep, dark, scary book of Revelations. Revelations 3.15 says this. Jesus said, I know all that you do. You're neither hot nor cold. You're in the middle. I wish you were one or the other. Can I tell you something we don't hear preached a lot? Jesus would rather us be totally and completely cold, not honoring him, not serving him, not pretending to be a Christian, than to be lukewarm in the middle and misrepresenting everything the kingdom of God stands for. I wish you were hot or cold. I want you to look at the danger of hypocrisy. The danger of hypocrisy. Let's go back to our opening scripture, Galatians 2.13. As a result of Peter's hypocrisy, other Jewish believers followed Peter's lead and even Barnabas was led, led astray by his hypocrisy. Do you know that when we, have you ever heard, have you ever said this or heard anybody say this? Well, my sin doesn't affect nobody else. Don't you worry about my sin. 
Well, my porno addiction and my alcohol addiction and my anger and rage, it don't bother nobody. Just leave me alone. Don't you worry about me. You, you, if you've said that or you believe that, you have bought the lie because the wages of sin are death and your sin and your hypocrisy will affect you and it will affect your family and it will affect everyone that you have influence over. And we got to start understanding that as a Christian church. Can I just preach? Can I, can I go off the edge a little bit? It's time we quit being a lukewarm church. It's time we quit playing some kind of religious game. It's time we quit being one person on Sunday morning to try to impress God and make God know that we really care. Can I tell you, God sees our hearts and God knows our thoughts and God knows the way that we act on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. This game, this is not a game. This salvation has eternity at stake and you and I have got to know that it's not all about me and how I want to live and about my sin and about my choices we got to understand that we have been chosen we've been picked up out of the Mary clay and now we represent jesus christ the king of kings and the lord of lords and we should by god walk accordingly because when we're not here what we say matters when we're not here what we post on social media matters when we're not here what we drink matters when we're not here how we mistreat others it matters y'all it matters first corinthians 10 32 paul said do not cause anyone to stumble do not cause anyone to stumble i'm fixing to read you another scripture and this scripture has a huge heaviness on it Maybe one of those uncomfortable moments, and we don't want to hear heavy, we want to hear light, we want to hear joy, and we want to hear feel good and heaven and forgiveness, but, but you got to understand this. These are Jesus' words once again. All Scripture is inspired by God, and from the Genesis to Revelation, it matters, but for me, when it's written in red letters and it's straight out of Jesus' mouth, it just gets my attention a little more. Jesus talks about the hypocrisy thing. But if anyone, Matthew 18, 6, Matthew 18, 6, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble. Jesus is talking about youngsters. Jesus is talking about children. How many know children are precious in the eyes of God? Children are precious in the eyes of God. Before the children were in their mother's womb, God knew them and God formed them. That's why we must stand and fight against the issues of abortion right now because it's not our job as humans to destroy what God has created. And when children are grown, and when ch- you better fight. Can I tell you something right quick? Give me, can I just go a little bit world, talk about some world stuff and some political stuff? You better make sure you're guarding what your kids see. And you better make sure who the, ki- the kids' teachers are. Because I'm telling you, there's an agenda out there. And they're trying to destroy and distort the minds of the young people right now. They're coming for our children. Their enemy is trying to kill us from a very young age. And Jesus said, bring them babies to me. And Jesus said, if any, Jesus said, let's keep and protect the innocence of the precious children that I have given unto you and we better enter into the fight and we better quit talking (laughs) we better quit ignoring it and we better quit going with the flow and we better quit doing what everybody else is doing we better understand that our kids are a gift from God and God trusted us with those kids and you may have to go against the norm and you may have to go against culture but we better know we got to raise up our children according to the truth and the word of God and protect their innocence that was all extra. Yeah, you should praise the Lord for that. Nine o'clock service didn't get that little rant, just saying. Leave extra $5 in the plate on the way out for that one. Back to hand, Matthew 18, 6. Why don't you look at me, okay? Look at me. Look, 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 look. 
If anyone causes one of these little young innocent ones who believe in me to stumble, if you and I, of our hypocrisy, cause our children to stumble, cause other youngsters, our nieces, our nephews, our grandkids, Jesus said it would be better for you to have a large millstone hung around your neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Can I tell you, that is how important it is. That is the heaviness and that is the weight of what God puts on the example that we set before our children and the other children in this world. Gives a little heaviness. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't cause your children to stumble or fall. Last thing I'll talk to you about today. First was this relationship. You got to learn to deal with opposition, disagreements. Do it in love, do it in honor. Do it face to face. Second thing is you got to make sure that you don't, you're not a hypocrite. You're not causing somebody else to stray away. Let me say one more thing about causing somebody else to stray. If you were here last week, we talked about Barnabas. Barnabas was a leader in the church, cool guy, encourager. The church didn't want to accept Paul. They didn't like him. They didn't understand him. They were scared of him. They wouldn't accept him. But Barnabas, a man with some courage and cojones, stepped up and said, no, I've seen Paul. Paul's a good man. Paul has really been converted. I've seen the fruit of his life. Barnabas was a huge leader in the church, and he had some courage. But the Scripture tells us because Peter's hypocrisy, Barnabas was led astray as well. So sometimes it's not just the little ones or the weak ones or the ones that have less faith than us. It's the people in our lives. When we do stuff and live hypocritical lives, it can cause little ones to fall away or strong ones to fall away too. I just want you to understand the power of how you live your life. The last thing is this, the importance of just staying true to Christ. Like I'm just going to keep believing Christ. I'm going to keep walking in this grace. I'm going to keep walking in this gift that God has given me. Galatians 2, 21 says, Paul said, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law would make us right with God, there's no need for Christ to die. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Can I be real one more time? A lot of people I see today treat the grace of God as meaningless. Meaningless. It doesn't mean much to me other than when I'm at church. It doesn't matter. God is good. God is love. God will never get onto me. I'm going to continue to sin. I'm going to continue to sleep with this one. I'm going to continue to have sex with that one. I'm going to continue, you know, to smoke a little bit of that stuff on the side. I'm going to continue to be angry. I'm going to continue to go to those places. I'm going to continue to do what I want to do because, oh, God is so good and he's so full of grace and he'll love me and he'll always accept me back. And don't judge me because none of us are perfect. There comes some point in our life when we go, you know what? This grace, it may be meaningless to somebody else, but it is not meaningless to me. I know what the grace of God has done for me. I know that I didn't deserve it, and I know that I didn't earn it, and I know that God gave it to me for free, and after all God has done for me, and after everything that he's forgiven me of, and after everything that he's healed me of, and after all the blessings that the grace of God have given to me, I am no longer going to pretend like it's meaningless to me. I'm going to live my life like it means everything for me. And if it means everything for you, you'll give it everything you've got. Connor, come help me close, please. Paul says this, my old self has been crucified. Aren't you glad your old self has been crucified and is dead? Come on, somebody. Your old self. Paul said, my old self has been crucified. Paul said, my old ways, my old habits, my old attitude, my old negativity. 
My old bitterness that I carried around in my heart, my old unforgiveness that I've dealt with, my old unworthiness, like my old self. Paul said, my old mentality of performance mentality of the more I pray, the more I read, the better I am, the more God loves me, and the more I'm worthy. He said, all of that has been crucified. Paul said, not I live, but Christ lives inside of me. And he said, Christ in me is the hope I have of glory. Christ lives in us. He said, I live my life by trusting Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you if you would stand on your feet. and We're going to close with a little bit of a, a little bit of prayer time right quick. So I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes for a moment. Ask the Spirit of God to come and to move in the closing moments of this service. Lord, I pray for people right now that are struggling. Obstacles are in their relationships. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would fall and reveal to us and speak to us about our relationships. And Lord, let us be honest and transparent with you and ourselves about the relationships that are struggling right now. Because Lord, some of us, we're struggling in our relationships over the dumbest, stupidest, most little things that the enemy has come in and escalated. And we're allowing them to separate us from the joys of real relationships. Some of it's in our marriage and some of it's with our kids, our grown kids. Some of it's just the struggle with our friends. We can't even have good relationship because the enemy's lying to us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, speak to those who need to let it go today. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Let us release it and let it go, never to, be, never to come back again. And then there's some of us in here, we need to have uncomfortable conversations. There's real deal issues. There's red flags in our marriage. There's red flags with our coworkers. There's red flags, and we need to have the courage to talk about it. And as we go and talk about it, let us go with honor. Let us go with respect and with a good heart. Let us go in 100% love. Lord, there's some of us in this room that we're afraid to have that conversation. Because we tried to have that conversation a few years back, and it blew up. And it exploded. And it got ugly. And it got messy. But God, I just... Thank you and rejoice in the fact that all the old has passed away and behold, all things are made new. And I believe by faith that in this room there are men and women whose hearts are different now than they were a few years ago. So we cast out that fear and we say, God, okay, we're willing to do it now, trusting that your spirit is here and you're going to bring some healing in this. Lord, heal and mend our relationships and let us be obedient to your voice. Lord, I pray you speak to us and you convict us about our hypocrisy, me included, God. Not just sharing this with the crowd, I'm preaching to me too. How we act, how we react, what we say, what we post, how we live our life, how we treat others, how we conduct our business. People are watching us and Connor already shared with us at the opening of this service today that some people never come to this church and see Christ but they see Christ in us give us courage to walk it out 
gives courage to repent today. If you're convicting us of hypocrisy, give us courage to repent and receive it today. Because we don't want to cause anybody to stumble. We want everything about our lives to lead people to Christ and not draw them away. Challenge us, God. Speak to us about just trusting you and not making the grace of God meaningless. Let it be meaningful in our everyday lives. Speak to us as we close in worship today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's close with worship.